So Robert, I really wanted to talk about how Micronic develop their products. I've always kind of seen them as, seen you as a kind of a, an innovator, but quite a brave innovator. When I look at what you're doing with Inkjet and stuff like that, you're, you're pushing boundaries, pushing frontiers. How do you, how do you plan your R&D? You know, Phil, it's, um, we plan it so that how can we make the most gains for the customers in reality? Okay. Uh, for instance, this is how we develop the new head that we just released today. And, and we have a team uh, of engineers in Sweden, in Japan, in uh, France, and also in Czech Republic. So by combining these different um, uh, competences and way of looking at the world, we can really combine that to make a really outstanding product. Yeah. And, and we can have you know, uh, views on how to do things from many different angles. And then by looking at the needs of our customers, we can really make that something that really makes a difference in reality, not just you know, in the spec yeah, sheet. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't want to be blue sky. It wants to be solving problems. And how, do you, how are you able to get that voice of customer? Do you as kind of the R&D lead get out amongst your customers, talk to them about their roadmaps? Are you looking at the components that are coming down the line that you know they're going to have to place even yeah. though they haven't seen them yet? You know... I've been in the industry for 27 years. This is my 14th uh, Productronica, so a lot, of course, I know. But, but we have a, a strong, strong collaboration with the sales team and the service team and the product management team and so on, so that we all contribute to, to see what are the needs that we need to fulfill. So it's not just a one-man show, this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, when I look at what's going on in terms of R&D at the moment, 10 years in, we've been talking about digital transformation and industry 4.0. I still wonder whether we've really had a digital dividend and we've really, you know, kind of nailed that one. Now everybody's talking about AI. The bottom line with all of that is everything's driven by data. So how, how do you look at that and how is that informing your R&D cycle at the moment? Yeah, I mean, and we share that with uh, not only the high flex division that I'm in, but also with the other divisions of Micronic. Uh, and that is that, the industry is more and more, as you say, data-driven. And I think that we've been talking about the industry 4.0 for many years. It's a gradual process. It's not a revolution. It's a gradual. But what we share is how to collect the data and manage the data from customers in a secure way with their acceptance, of course, and so on. That we share. And we, we work together within the company, with, between the divisions to do that. But um, also, this data, how can this be used to really give customer value? And one thing, as, as you mentioned, is artificial intelligence. And artificial intelligence is kind of a buzzword sometimes. But we can also talk about machine learning and other things. But uh, <clears throat> we, we can use that to really simplify how things work uh, in production. Mm -hmm. What the first things that we will see in the products is uh, within the uh, inspection equipment, where you have people today in the factories, human persons looking at pictures and saying, is this good or bad, and so on. And with artificial intelligence, machine learning, and so on, we can you know, free up that time to do other stuff. So that, that is one thing that we will see. Another thing that we're working on is also how to improve the internal productivity in the R&D itself. Okay. 
by using AI tools. We all know about ChatGPT, right? Mm. But that is one example. But there are also other things that is already now or coming that will simplify how to program and so forth uh, and, and to generate you know, R&D with the help of AI yeah, it's to really, create a good, good product. Yeah, it's a really interesting scenario with AI that you're, it's, a, it's a tool for you to use. It's a, it's a tool for you to leverage and develop for your customers. And it's really interesting to see what it can do. You, you mentioned the example of, of inspection. The key there becomes data sets, learning sets for, yes. for that AI. Yes, yes. You have to have the images in place to do that. So you have to harvest them. Uh, you, you need to have the images, but you also need to have the tagged images. Yeah. So that is an image, you know, is this good or bad? Yeah. So you need to have that, as you say, the training set and so on. And now I think that we can, we have um, had a program for many years where we have people uh, trained, especially in AI or machine learning in, uh, in the US that belongs to my organization. And now we really can harvest that investment so I have specialists, really specialists, that are deeply trained in this. So now we will see coming out new things, both on the product side, but also for us as tools to use in yeah. our internal work. Yeah, absolutely. That's really, that's really interesting. And when you're doing R&D, as you mentioned, you've absolutely got to reflect the demands and trends in the industry. We're seeing a, a reshoring trend, but I think that trend is a little bit threatened by talent issues. So one of the issues that I think EMS companies in particular have is how do we grow our business and scale to meet those reshoring yeah. issues whilst becoming more efficient and doing that with probably the same headcount? Is that something that yes, I mean, you consider? Yes, of course. And uh, Actually, we've been considering that for a long time. And we call it de-skilling of the process. So that how to make somebody able to use our equipment as easily as possible without so much training. I mean, you can take the jet printer, for instance. You can use that as a simple device if you like. Just push play, it will do everything automatically. You can also do it much more advanced if you like. But there should always be some uh, easy way to do what you need to do. And I think that's important because talent issues, everybody has more or less, right? And people can quit their job and come back and, and uh, you need to get your line up and running as quickly as possible. Yeah. So I think that that is an important uh, cornerstone that we've been working with since pretty much always. But it's, now it's... Now it's become critical, hasn't it? It's critical to their business. Yeah, and today in the show here, it's not one customer, but many customers that came to me and said, you know, we have these issues with you know, how to get people and so on. Yeah. And, and um, you know, okay, so we have solutions. We have a new graphical user interface now for the pick and place machine, for instance, that is designed with this in mind. Yeah. And I just like the idea that where maybe there were two or three people on the line, you can now have two or three people maybe managing five lines and actually just getting out onto line where there are specific issues. And that's bringing that data in and sharing that data and, providing everybody with the dashboard they need. Yeah, that is one thing. But you also need to consider one of the major things that is uh, sort of can be troublesome in the factory is the material flow. So how to get that also, how to, you have machines, they are fast, they are efficient and so on, but how to feed that with components, with the right components in the right time and so on. And here we also have a, a, 
uh, thinking about material handling at Micronic with the tower solutions, with the, our feeders and so on. Everything integrated so that you really can feed the machine in an easy, easy way as well yeah, with, uh, with the components needed. Yeah. Because sometimes the line is standing still because there, some, there's it's somebody ser- searching for a component that is lost somewhere. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad news. That's very, that's very, very expensive. What I think is is really key for a company like Micronic, though, is is that when you look at R and D, you can take a holistic view yes. because you do get involved in so many different parts of the line yes. and in the way parts move around the factory. That must be very satisfying for you with the R and D team because you know when you're doing something on placement, yes. you've got a team that's aware of the impact it has yeah. on either side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have uh, the jet printer. Now we also have the screen printer uh-huh. and we have the SPI. So, you know, we have uh, control of that part. We have the pick and place machine and the AOI. So uh, that is good. And we have, as I said, the tower solution with the material handling. Yeah. So that means that when we deliver to customers, we can deliver pretty much a full solution to them. And then they come, you know, we have that communication with the customers yeah. as well. Yeah. So I think what's exciting, what's clear, Robert, is your job isn't going to get any easier. It'll continue to be challenging, but you have the team to do it. That's that's what we live for, you know. Yeah. It, uh, challenge is fun, uh, and uh, you know you can never stand still. And and uh, it's uh, you know what we like. I, sometimes when when um, when we work, and it's something really difficult to complex to solve. So this is a present. This yeah. is a gift to us. Yeah. You yeah. know. And when you produce a solution, it's. Just immensely satisfying, isn't it? Absolutely. Today, when when part of my team can be here and see the reactions uh, of the new, new uh, equipment that we have today, for instance, yeah. that's really good. That's yeah, fantastic, Robert. Okay. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks so much for your time, and we'll chat soon. Thank you. Thank you.